When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. 
up through your diaphragm that sounds all so yeah, it's not nice so yeah i had to have like a camera i had to have a camera down my throat and that's how they because i was fucking burping all the time all right all the time and they i take like antacids and shit like tablets every day and then um yeah they stuck a camera down my throat which was that was probably the most that was the closest i ever got to proper drugs was having a local anesthetic because how did you find it Oh, it's all right, you know. It was well all right. And then I went in the baker's and all the shelves were full. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is so great. All the shelves are full. What What's that got to do with your treatment? Nothing, really. I just fucking ate loads of baked goods <laughs> afterwards. But, yeah, so, yeah, it means sometimes if I'm having a... If I eat something I shouldn't eat, then I'll burp like a motherfucker. This is episode uh, 50, season 10 <laughs> of the Fighting Cop podcast, joined on the line by <laughs> Cal. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Spurs just got done by Dinamo Zagreb, and it's not great, is it? It's not. No, no one's feeling fantastic at the moment. How are you feeling, Kel? A bit down, a bit down. Not last night. I was angry. Today, I'm just down, just a bit mopey and a bit shit. To I went. To, I went to bed. I went to bed after the game. Oh wow! So uh, I um, so I went to bed. I I had a fair bit to drink and um i just sort of thought like do you know what i just need to turn my phone off actually, i didn't actually turn my phone off uh, i was supposed to do a thing with majestic who is on uh, the podcast a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and um my i put my phone on silent forgetting that i had to do that and he was calling and i didn't answer because i didn't realize i'd passed out on the sofa and um yeah it was uh just a, just a horrible, horrible night to be a Spurs fan. But what I would say is mm. that we are such a fantastic football club. Our, our, our football club is so big and, mm. and, and, and generates such a ginormous amount of money that this is just a moment in our lives as a Spurs fan. It's not going to define it. It's not like Leeds were... Do you remember Leeds when they got to the semi-final in the Champions League and and yeah. they put all of their eggs in the basket and and then they descended down the leagues and then if they've had to wait seventeen years or sixteen years to get back into the Premier League, mm. this, that isn't where we're at at all. And this is like it's tough. It's really hard. Like the, the getting dug out by fans of other football clubs is hard, but you have to accept it. It's a part of um, following the football club, following the club like Spurs, where a lot of attention is going to go towards us. So we just have to ride this out and know that it will get better. It's not like, mm. it's not, you know, around the world, children are being blown up. So there are, uh, there are, um, you know, things to hold on to, even though yeah. right now it's it's pretty tough. We've got 89 questions to get through. Cal. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so we put out a tweet earlier saying, look, we're recording in an hour and 89 people have responded with questions. So we'll get through as many as possible. This will be the podcast. So it's a Q&A on Friday's Q&A. Uh, yeah, we'll get through them. So uh, Jay Knight, he says, can you plan a rally outside the training ground so players have to drive through 
past uh, drive past pissed off fans. Uh, <laughs> what what did you make of um, Loris's interview? Because he it, it seemed like he was suggesting that there weren't players in that dressing room that were fully committed to the cause. Yeah, and it seemed like in particular he was singling out players that weren't playing all the time. And so I guess it's up to us really as supporters, as people that who have the club's interests at heart to kind of try to pick that apart. And so, you know, you start to think of Delhi, Winks, Dyer, you know, players that haven't been playing all the time, that were playing a lot under under the previous manager and have been, maybe not so much Dyer, but have been quite you know, vocal about not playing. And so and I, I actually really liked Larice's honesty. Um, he showed he was a captain. He showed his experience. He showed how pissed off he was. He used the word disgrace, which a lot of us would have used. Um, yeah. Because it was, it was a disgraceful performance. It was Brighton levels of bad. Now, so it's uh, funny you say that because I was talking to my mate earlier and he he was sort of he's a QPR fan, so he was sort of asking me about how he how I viewed this performance and that performance against Zagreb last night was comparable to that Brighton game under Pochettino, and that was that was a death knell, wasn't it for for Pochettino? Yeah, is this the death knell for Jose Mourinho? Do you think? I think so. I, I think. I don't think there's a way he can save his job now. I just I think even if he wins a League Cup, I don't. That only gets you into the Conference League next season. So I, I just don't see a way he can come back now. Um, and both of us have kind of flip flopped, and both of us have been quite pro Mourinho. And we've all because, uh, as I've what said else? before, I think it, well, if you if you're pro Mourinho, you're pro Tottenham because you want you want Mourinho to do well because he's the Tottenham manager. I think that's quite simple, really. Um, so you know we've wanted him to to do well, but it's just not been good enough, and we're only beating. We're only beating the teams that we really, really should beat. And even at times when we're doing that, it's a, it's a struggle. And I, I just don't see a way back for him now. Michael Delve asks, how, how the hell did we go from beating six, uh, United 6-1, being top of the league, to last night's embarrassment? Feels like these things only happen to Tottenham. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's been the most difficult part of this season, is that we have reached the dizzying heights of being top of the league for three or four weeks on the bounce. We've had magnificent results against uh, Southampton away, uh, Manchester United away. Um, we've beaten Arsenal at home this season. We've beaten Manchester United at home this season. You know, City. we Manchester City, sorry. Um, it, we have had glimpses of what we hoped the Jose Mourinho brand of Tottenham Hotspur would be. Mm. And not only that, just two games ago like like Arsenal and Zagreb were season defining games and that's why this is so painful that like if people are, are confused or or don't understand why Spurs fans are being so reactive as they are right now it's because those two games against Arsenal and Zagreb are really bad ones to take really really bad ones you could take one or the other like if you're going into the game you know, between me and you, Cal, we could say, all right, I'd, I'd take beating Arsenal and losing against Zagreb or vice versa. You wouldn't expect to lose both of those. And that's why this is so hard. But just the, the game before Arsenal, where we beat Palace mm. 4-1 and we had a run of five win, wins on the bounce. Yeah. It's, it, is it odd, do you think, that Spurs fans are being so reactive 
to these last two games, or is it acceptable? What, what like if you take your own personal feeling about what what Spurs are dealing with right now, and do you think that we should have a moment of of perspective? Um, not really. I think <laughs> I, I I think it's the nature of the defeats, isn't it? I don't think it's about you know we won five in a row and you know then we've lost a couple. It's not about I think if you take the results or you look at all all seven games, you go, oh, well, we know we won five and we lost two. It doesn't sound so bad. But, you know, you look at the Arsenal game and, you know, it was the performance. It was, there was no, it's a derby. It's supposed to mean everything to us. And it means, it's supposed to mean everything to the players. And you're supposed to buy into, when you sign for this club, you're supposed to buy into the rivalries. Um you can't fucking tap the badge and sweet come on you Spurs if you're not going to buy into all of the rivalries that come with it. And the Arsenal game, there were just there wasn't enough effort, there wasn't enough desire to win the football match. And these are all silly cliches that ex-pros kind of kind of throw around all the time: passion, desire, hard work. You know, gotta want it, all that shit. All it really means is working hard. It just means working hard and working for the shirt. And then Zagreb last night, it was not only a, a lack of effort, it was also fucking brain dead it was a brain dead performance there just wasn't they wasn't making good decisions and the only player that that for me that came out of last night's game of any semblance of credit was harry kane um he, he's the only one there that actually loves tottenham like genuinely loves tottenham and i include harry winks in that that genuinely loves spurs and loves playing for spurs and would play for any manager because he's a true fucking professional. He doesn't let his own personal things get in the way. And so I think that's what it's about for me. It's It was the performance last night in particular against a team that we should have beat 4-3 or 4 at home. And if we would have got 3 or 4, if we would have got 4, then the tie perhaps would have been over. But I think I think I don't think the conversation would have changed somewhat if we would have beaten them, um, you know, by one goal over two legs and they'd scored three and we'd scored four at home. It would mm. it'd almost be sort of passing the buck, wouldn't it be like, well, we'll wait yeah. till the next time you lose to have this conversation. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, Lee Carson, he says, if fans are allowed into the May 15th home game against Villa, should yeah. we go and boo them for 90 minutes with our backs turned towards the pitch <laughs> as a protest <laughs> to the horrible attitude in the last two games? Look, how, how much of this is about, like, we know the... Our team that we love, Tottenham Hotspur, has performed really badly in two key games this season. Mm. But there is, there's got to be a semblance of order to to it, like to to say that you know, you know, I get it. Like we're we're unhappy with the way things are going, and that can only be changed by a decision by um, Jose Mourinho or a, a, an improvement in aptitude on on the pitch. But mm. as fans, we got a I think we, we we've got to, we've got to take some sort of to be on the forefront, be on the first foot, and just go in there and support the team. Like, I, and 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 that's what we've we've been missing. So, what, one of the reasons why Jose Mourinho is still our manager right now is because there are no fans in the pitch. I, 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 on in the stadium, rather. I feel like the, the pressure that would have been put on and the noise coming from the fans inside the stadium would have meant that Jose Mourinho would have to set up differently and do things differently. And perhaps um, Daniel Levy would have done things differently. But mm. our role as fans is to 
force our team into playing the best football that they can play. You look yes. at what's happening over at Arsenal, AFTV and all that kind of stuff. You know, that that the way they react to bad performances is wholly negative to the betterment of their football club. I feel like what would have been like potentially what, what could happen is if we go into that game against Villa, regardless of that, our situation, and just show the players, the manager, the owners that the only thing consistent in this football club is us. And so. if if we're behind what's going on, or, or or even even if we're not behind by uh, the decisions of the manager or the the decisions of the owners of the football club. We're behind Tottenham. We're getting behind Spurs, and it's up to you lot to make this better. And that, that's that's I can't, maybe what's ha- what's happening here is that they, they, the the players and the manager haven't been held accountable for their indecision or the lack of decision or the lack of performance. Maybe through the years I've given fans less credit than they they are due. It's just when you're in the ground and you're standing next to a potato and they're saying, fucking hell, Aria, you're not good enough. And you're like, mate, you can barely tie your own shoelace. It's just, yeah. it kind of, it's hard to reconcile. We've all been there. We've all been there in the crowd and there's been games, you know, I remember the end of the Sheffield United game at home last season or the season before when, uh, no, it was last season when Pochettino was a manager and the final whistle went and I waved at him and said, see ya! <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually his last game. It was his last game in charge. It was a fucking mystic neg of me. Um, but you're right. Um, if fans are allowed into that ground on the 15th of May for a test event or whatever, then it needs to be 1882 vibes. It, we need to fucking make so much noise because, you know, the, the, the Twitter handle... So, the, just to remind, remind the players that, that this is what you're yeah, playing for. This is what you're playing for. You're playing for the shirt, you know, and you're playing for us and you're playing for us, the supporters. And it's up to us when we do get back into the stadium to, as much as, you know, the stadium's nice and pretty, we need to make it a fortress and a place to go where where perhaps other teams don't want to come there anymore and the the players feel that we are behind them instead of moaning at them on social media. We're behind them and we're there to support them and perhaps help them, you know, help them win football matches. Dante Francis, uh, Francis he says, uh, when a fan's going to realise that the alley of old is, is a goner and he's finished at our club, besides Kane and Son and Poch, uh, lot need to go. What about um, Deli Alley? He was poor again last night, wasn't he? Um, yeah, it was, I, I, it was, go on. Well, I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to talk about him too much because of my agenda. <laughs> I just feel like I, I know I have an agenda against him. I know I look for the negatives in his performance, so I don't want to do that. It's, it's not helpful. It's not. It's you know, it's a waste of time. Um, but yeah, he was. He was poor. He was poor, and he has been poor since he come back. Since he's been coming back into in, into the team and and, and I, I think it's further d- demonstration the fact that you need every ingredient in the pie you need for, for someone like Deli Ali or, or or you know Sissoko for example who he, he had every element when he was in his best form at Spurs was because we were playing a system that narrow diamond that suited him got a manager that trusted in him last night Sissoko was horrendous he was so bad yeah, and um, 
you know, you, you get these situations where the gods are against you or the uh, the people of influence inside of a football club aren't doing the things that suits your best attributes as a footballer. And yeah. it seems like that's happening with Sissoko and the same thing with Deli Alli. Like, if you went to PSG and, and Pochettino could recreate the environment that made him so successful, uh, Deli Alli so successful in 2016, then... You know, you you would say that was a failing at Tottenham Hotspur, but I I don't I don't think that's all. Like, I think he's a specialist player, and it requires a certain tactic and a certain um, level of influence from the manager to make him play the best or to get the best out of him. But I think the vast majority of pl- uh, teams, if you dropped him into that, didn't play the way he he wants. To, the team to play, he would he would struggle. He he wants to play at his own pace, doesn't he? And I, and I think that's okay against a team like Wolfsburger, or you know perhaps a you know a Championship team like we've been playing in the FA Cup, or some of these teams we've been playing in the Europa League. He's looked quite good, but these teams aren't Premier League level teams. They're not Champions League level teams. They're muck. And I think he gets away with the with the stuff that 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 he him playing at his own pace. I think he gets away with that when in those games. But when He's been asked to to step up in in bigger games. He's not performed, and last night he didn't perform. And sometimes I feel like our, our dressing room is almost like our support, where we're kind of split, where it's kind of this split of some people are pining for the old the old manager to come back, or or at least that, that style of manager to come back, and the rest of them are just getting on with it because he because Jose's the, the Tottenham manager now. But but Delhi's just not not done it. And I think for me when I've and I've even even the Man United game away when we fucking pumped Man United, he he hadn't played much for ages, and he and he came on and he just kind of potted around. And every time he comes on, he just fucking pots around and just and just wants to just meanders about and does not much. And I just think I just want to see you. I want to see you act like you want the shirt that you want to play for this great football club. That that's what you want from your life. But he doesn't show me that. He just showed his body language. He's just like, oh, I'll just fucking put about, and you know, I'll do. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think many, many players of many football clubs that actually demonstrate that, do they, Carl? They're not. None, none of them. Like I would say, ninety percent of players that play for the, their respective teams don't demonstrate a commitment beyond their ability to play for their club. Like it's a bit harsh on Delielli to say, we want you to be Spurs when. Why? Why should he be Spurs? Like why? Why should he go above and beyond? Other than I think for, what he's... for him, and I think that was the point that the the manager made when in the Amazon documentary, when he said to him, "One day you're going to blink and you're going to be fifty years old, and it's all going to be over." It's not for it's not for Spurs. He's not doing it for Spurs. He should do it for him. He should do it because he wants to have a successful career. Because if he wins, if the team wins, he wins, and. That's what he should do it for, for him. And and I've done it on the in the Patreon podcast. I've spoken about the comparisons between him and Lucas and Lamella. And because Lamella's made of fucking biscuits, but he plays like he, he's willing to die for the shirt, you know. And I think that's what I'd... You know, he's not going to be a Lamella. He's not going to be a crazy cunt like that. I just want to see a little bit more fucking... It's mad, it's, mad, it's mad that people like bigging up Deli Alli and how important he is to a football club when, when it, it is clear that he doesn't hold... Tottenham Hotspur above his own ascendance to potential 
greatness or or, or being a high quality footballer. And Lamella, who, like who doesn't have the natural ability of Deli Ali, but has all of the attributes to to be a player that we can look at and think, you know what, he gives a shit. He generally seems to give a shit. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just sort of being reactive. Maybe it's being like like looking at the last two games and looking at Dele Alli's return to um, to the game. But if Lamella isn't remembered as someone who actually gave a shit about the football club that he, he, he plays for, and it's more... His love for the game is more than his journey as a footballer. Yeah. Then I I I, I, I wouldn't understand it. Like I get he's not. I get he's not going. Never. He's never going to be. He's never going to be sort of Deli Ali. He's never going to be Iron Robin. He's never going to be Humin Son. He's not got those attributes. He, his body won't allow him to be it. But what he does have is the mental capacity to give everything on the pitch. And it's not good enough for where we want to be. Like we're, as Spurs fans, in our entitled position to to dream bigger than what we've had already. To look mm. at Arsenal or look at Chelsea and think, I want that. I get it. Mm. But in this moment, you look at Lamella on the pitch, he gives everything. So, you know, see, I, I'd, I, I won't have anybody digging out Lamella. I won't have anyone... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like they've done a racism or something. <laughs> I will not stand for this. The I line is drawn. Like, say what you want about him. Like, he's a he's a fucking billionaire. Say what you want. But yeah. like, in terms of footballing sense, like he's uh, uh, Stefan Freund is a legend at Tottenham because he ran around and gave a shit, and it seemed like he was doing more than was asked of him. Like the same for Lamella. He's on there, and he, he, he's he, he like when Loris made that comment after the game, saying, "We, I hope the people in the changing room feel like I do, and understand the severity of this loss." Mm. Lamella definitely does, definitely. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and it's and it's like I said before, the, like the personal success and the team success—they're one and the same. They're the same. Because, you know, if it's not just a team that would win trophies, you're going to get the medal. You're going to win as well. It's not one or the other. It's the team does well and you do by, you do well by extension. And it's, yeah, that's, that's the disappointing thing for some of those performances last night. You know, um, <laughs> Ndombele, when he came on last night, yeah, you know, you said Sissoko was bad. Ndombele was fucking dreadful when he came on last night. He was awful. And considering he's our record signing, and do you know what it was disappointing about Ndombele for me? It's like he came on, I thought, yeah, he's going to fuck shit up now because he's so good. He's such a good player. You're thinking, and in games before, earlier in the season, like Wickham, for example, where it was a little bit tetchy, he come on, fuck shit up, game's over, done. He came on last night, he was fucking dreadful. And in the 118th minute, he got fouled. And it was like, right, jump up and take the free kick. He laid on the floor. He laid on the floor with his hands on the ball. Uh, oh, I don't know about no. you. I was fucking going mad. But anyway, sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, George uh, Pasio, Pasitio. Oh, fucking. <laughs> George, he asked, uh, was, was this the most embarrassing result in our history? We lost to Grinsby. Yeah, it's not in our history, is it? No. We lost to Colchester. <laughs> we lost to Colchester on penalty. Like, it was a horrendous result. Like, all of us are suffering. All of us feel, understand exactly what this how significant losing to Dinamo Zagreb with being two goals up 
Mm. You know, we understand it. We do. But you got to... And we was... Go on, mate. Just say, we were still 2-0 up at half-time as well. <laughs> yeah. It was only in 45 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. And... Um, that geezer, that fucking geezer who scored the hat trick, he's mustard, isn't he? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> he's them? good. He's <laughs> so good. Surely we should buy him now. Like, put in like a five million pound bid, understudy to Son. Yeah, definitely. Totally. No, look, totally. look, look. It's it's really it's really easy to be reactive, and it's it's the it's a prerogative of every football fan to react to the last result or the last run of form, but. The situation we're in now, as Spurs fans, is so much better than it was during the nineties. And I know, like new fans or, or people who have been following the club in the last twelve years or so, will say, "Well, we didn't experience that," but most of us did. And the the this I I saw us in a midweek game at White Hart Lane, attended by twenty thousand people. Spurs versus Ipswich. And Ian Marshall scored a brace, and they Ugh. and Ipswich beat us three one at home. That is probably the lowest that I've ever seen Spurs get. Like you can get beaten cup games. You can get like the, the game last night was was bad. It was embarrassing. You got to take your medicine when this shit happens. And it's following on a result of getting beaten by Arsenal significantly the week before. Mm. But it's not the. Look, losing a game in the cup can happen. The beauty, be- the beauty of cup football, and it's one of the greatest things that that club football has, is that these cup competitions throw up scenarios which mean it's so difficult. Like Arsenal went through last night, but they got beat at home by Olympiacos. Mm. Um, so it it's not as bad as it feels genuinely this is certainly not the worst result or even if it is the worst result it's not not saying that the more more important question is whether we can rebound can we rebuild and that doesn't mean that we're going to rebuild or rebound in the next 10 games maybe maybe not maybe the 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 changing room has turned on Jose Mourinho maybe he doesn't have the influence that he did have maybe Harry Kane isn't buying into what's happening at Tottenham at the moment which is significant but the club, a club of our size and the influence that we have and the reputation we have in Europe means that we can attract, we can solve problems. Mm. We can solve problems. We can, we, if, if Jose Mourinho is the issue, we can get a new manager. If Harry Kane wants out, we can buy a new striker. If, 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 um, if, if Dele Alli isn't going to work as a number 10, we'll find another one. That's, that's, it's a shame because we want to have... Uh, success right now we do but because of the uh, the size of our club because of the money we generate and this isn't me saying that this is a good thing about football that money is the be all and end all but the reality is it is it is the be all and end all and luckily as Spurs uh, as fans of Tottenham Hotspur we are in a situation where we can fix every issue Mm. now the bigger question is can we fix it to the point where we start winning stuff and yeah. and and that's not something that I, I none of us can answer. We don't know. We don't know. But we we are in a situation where we can fix the problems that are in front of us. And yeah, you know, as, as difficult as, the, as these results are, we can always move forward. 
and oh, yeah. beat Villa at the weekend, all's forgiven. <laughs> Back on that again. Yeah, Jose Yin, come on. <laughs> like, if, actually, if we went to Villa Park and stuck them 4-0, it would yeah. be like none of this is, uh, had ever happened. So it's, like, I get it, it's hard, but just got to fucking roll through it because it's been worse in the past. Uh, Rebecca Coy, she says, how much would someone have to pay to watch that shit show on a loop over and over again for the rest of your life? Yeah, I, I, I've, I felt bad during that. I didn't I didn't enjoy that at all. No, no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It'd have to be life-changing money. And am I, am I allowed to play Flappy Birds on my phone or do I have to watch the entire thing? Are you still playing Flappy Birds? No, no. I play, what's that game? Score match or whatever. It's where you just yeah, score match. That's my that's my game. I've been playing it fucking ages. Um, but no, don't play fucking birds or twenty forty eight. I should, but um, it'd have to be life changing money. I'd have to be able to quit my job um, and have lots of other fun things around me. So watching that game wouldn't feel so bad. Or would you want enough money, Flav, where you can afford to buy the football club? And then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but you still have to watch it over and over, over and over again. Yeah, you'd have to watch it over and over again. But then in real life, you would watch us by Neymar. <laughs> Chadwick said, uh, w- w- "Would you rather watch our next match or an actual train wreck?" <laughs> uh, I'd watch Spurs, obviously, because you've always you've got to have that little bit of faith. You've got to have that little bit of faith. Have to. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And you don't want to see an actual train wreck because people might get hurt, and that's not nice. Uh, if Steve Hitchin was in it then I'd watch it <laughs> Matthew Kavanagh he says uh, do you think it's wrong that Spurs don't have uh, don't at least have the decency to re- give us a reach around when they pump us <laughs> <laughs> the, the common decency to give us a reach around when <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah watch um, Full Metal Jacket that'll make sense yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's a good point Go on. Uh, Mustafa Axelrod says this is not a blip Thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Cheers for that, Wonderful. Uh, Thomas Aarons, he says, dissect uh, Spursiness. What does it persist? What, why does it persist through the different de- generations of squads? Why are we like this? It, 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 are we cursed? I've had, I've, I've had, I actually had to think about this, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on a Patreon podcast or not. Do you do you think there's something about playing for a certain club which means that you you feel that weight of pressure or say you play for I mean United or Liverpool like you expect to win? Do you think there's anything in that 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 playing for a certain club like playing for Spurs for example means that there's that pressure of we haven't won anything in ages we really need to win something and so we shit the bed and on the other, on the opposite side do you think that players that play for Man United or Liverpool they expect to win? I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why Arsenal get or Chelsea get to win trophies and we don't, because we're not mm. running our football club any differently to those are. Those are like if you look at Arsenal with, with um, Arsene Wenger leaving their football club, you think that's the end, and then they win the FA Cup last year. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Arsenal could win the Europa League this year, not being better than us, not having a better infrastructure, not not um, generating more money. We, we, we generate, in terms of revenue, last year, £51 million more than Arsenal, given the, the new stadium and our successes on the pitch. But we don't get the pot. 
Like what? Why? Yeah. Why do they get the pot and the Chelsea get the pot and United do, and we never yeah. do? It's. I, I do know. think it is down to experience, like having done it before. Like I think I know, like Wenger left, and then but they were still there were still players there that were Arsenal that had won FA Cups under Wenger, and then it just kind of carries on. They've done it before; they're used to it. And I, you know, I think even if we'd have won a Community Shield under Pochettino, I think it would have helped us go somewhere. And I think there's something to be said about having that kind of winning mentality and winning that first trophy. Um, I think even if we did somehow, somehow win the Carabao Cup, I'm not sure it'll be enough to change it, but it might it might be a start. Chelsea had the cheat code. It's like Grand Theft Auto when you put in the cheat code and you get all the guns. Like, that's what they had. They had the cheat code. So, yeah, but they still won, they still won the Europa League in, in the last two years. You know, they went to Blackpool yeah, and beat them. It's like a Grand Theft Auto. Like, you, you do the cheat code, you get shitloads of money. You don't need to put the cheat code again because you've already got all the money and all the guns. And that's what... Chelsea, that's what Chelsea are. They've they've put the cheat code in. They've got all the players. They've built the infrastructure off the cheating, and it's just kind of gone from there. We haven't had that. Um, okay, so we uh, we can't answer any more questions, uh, but there is one more we're going to end on. But uh, thank you for everybody who uh, felt compelled enough. All eighty nine of you who <laughs> felt like they were compelled but, enough to ask a question. We couldn't get through all of them for just for insanity, really. Um, but. Uh, Kane the Goat, Carson THFC, he says, when Mourinho gets sacked, who do you replace him with? Ugh. So that the it, it it's, it's difficult for Mourinho right now because he was, and we all were hanging our uh, hopes on the fact that we would win the Europa League or the League Cup. League Cup seems like his last gambit, the last thing that he's going to get the opportunity to to manage that game, I'd imagine, like, is like he he'll be our manager towards the end of the season because that's money saved in 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 replacing him in terms of compensation. But if he doesn't beat Manchester City in the League Cup, which is no mean feat, it's really really difficult. Like we all Spurs fans going into that game shouldn't really expect too much. But if he doesn't, that's his that's the end of Mourinho. Like it is, it is. So. Yeah. Unless unless we turn it on in the in in the league, and we win our, like nine of our remaining eleven is it eleven or ten games, um, so I think as a club right now it feels like we are looking to the next chapter. Ten games. Ten games. So if we win nine of the ten or eight of the ten, then potentially even if he even if he loses the league cup final, then you'd keep him on because. Ten out eight, winning eight out of ten games, it just that's the that's the magnitude of the task in front of him. Mm. He has to do that. Um, but it does feel like we're moving, we're, we're entering the period of like what's next, and the, the name that keeps coming up is Nagelsmann, and I don't know really much about him other than that he's the RB Leipzig when we played them last year, they were much better than us. But they've just been beaten by Liverpool, a depleted Liverpool side who got has lost seven games on the bounce at home. Um, they got beat over two legs, four nil. So yeah, I don't know the answer. I guess, I guess, I guess what we're looking for, and I'm sort of creating these thoughts as I speak here, Cal. So sorry to keep cutting you, but that's fine. It just feels like um, we just want a team that's 
playing good football and if we lose we lose but so be it. it it kind of feels to a certain degree that we're regressing I think we've I think we've we were incredibly successful under Pochettino in the league like to finish second third fourth yeah couldn't dream of it no yeah in our Premier League history what was it Champions League four four years in a row like it was we were like it was in in our Premier League history at least it was fucking amazing and we just couldn't get over the end and get that trophy but the thing with trophies it's down to so many small things luck um, making the right, you know, no, not playing Vorm in a semi-final, Sun at left wing back, all that sort of stuff. It's the intangibles, that's the word I'm looking for, the intangibles that will get you over the line and get you that trophy that we really, really we all kind of really, really want. Um, but we, and I, with that success, once once we drop off from, from that success, that's when that's when the other fans will start to dig us out a bit, and so they should. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't respect them if they didn't. Um and and now it's tough for it's tough for us now because we've enjoyed this success under under Pochettino and now we're watching us kind of go back to where we were, which is kind of middle of the road team, humiliating ourselves every now and again. Uh, who would we get? I don't know. I think Nagelsmann probably going to end up at Bayern Munich. Um, and then you're talking, and then you've got to drop down a level. Then and you're talking about you know Scott Parker. You're talking about. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm serious. You're talking about the Southampton manager. You know, that, that, that's that's the that's the area we're looking at. We'd, we'd be looking at trying to get a manager again that can make that can pl- make the players play above the sum of their parts. Whereas right yeah. now, you know, there's a ceiling of where the players are, and you want the pl- you want to be able to break that ceiling. Whereas right now, we're barely touching the light bulb. Then, I think, you know. yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, look, this is uh, this has been the Fighting Cop podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully, I don't know what we've done. To be honest, I don't. Know. All I would say is that this is a momentary feeling, and it will get better. It will it'll probably get worse, you know, in in the next ten years. But I did, I did this show um, every Monday. I'm doing this thing with Super Six. And um, unfortunately, you have to speak to people like DT and and other f- fans of other football clubs. I'm not saying that because DT isn't, you know, I've got any issue with him. I don't at all. He's, you know, actually nice guy. Actually, uh, in my dealings with him, but I, 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 I just kind of, I've, it's not. It's it's everybody is so reactionary to mm. to to whatever you're experiencing, to how well the team's playing and. Um, and and all of the, the the problems that come up, like player interviews, like Laurie saying all the stuff he did. Not not that it wasn't warranted; it probably is. And and Jose Mourinho being reactive and saying that it's down to the players and the players are letting me down or they're not doing what they're told to do and what, whatever it is. These are all moments in football that all fans have to go through. Liverpool right now are going through a, an existential crisis that's as bad as ours. Mm. So it's not just Tottenham. It's just a part of following your football club. And, and part of the reason why we love football so much is because the lows mean the highs are so much better. Like, 100%. do you remember how bad our domestic run was like, in that Champions League sort of birth to the, to the final? Yeah. yeah. Remember, it was terrible. But every yeah. time we had a big game against the big club, Ajax over two legs, Manchester City over two legs, we turned up and that feeling, that explosion of joy we had when we got over the line in those games was so significant because of 
our expectation was so low. The higher the expectation goes, the harder it is to deal with the um, the disappointments that are presented by the football club you support. But all fans of all football clubs feel exactly the same way at moments. They really have. Arsenal felt the same way. You know, oh, Arsenal, yeah. it's, you know, so, so it's tough. It's hard. I wouldn't discredit anyone for being reactive and 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 um and and struggling with what we've witnessed in the last week but mm. it will pass this yeah, too will it's, pass it's it's cyclical you know we do have some good players we have we have the base to 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 build another really really good side and we're Tottenham Hotspur fucking best club in the world best club in the world hands down 100% Fucking love the shirt. Get behind the team. Get behind the team. And fucking come on, you Spurs. And think, ultimately, think about all the relationships you have. All, all the people you know. All the people you love. And mm. and Spurs are the conduit to make that happen. So it's not just about how well you do on the football pitch. It's not just mm. about how good Spurs are or how bad they are. Whatever happens... The relationships you have with the others around you, the people that you really respect and you want to spend your time with, if Spurs are a part of that, then that's that's you know part of the glory. Mm. And um, there, there will become a time in the next ten years or so where we will get everything we want. We will get everything we want because the size of our football club and the way we, the foundations which Daniel Levy have, has created, and I know people don't like him and some people would disagree with me here, but my opinion is that he's created something in the the new stadium, the new training ground, and, and being aspirational in getting a manager like Jose Mourinho, which most of us, when he joined Chelsea and, and all the success that he'd had previously and, and, and since, We'd never dream of a manager like Jose Mourinho. It doesn't matter what he's done at Spurs right now, but the idea of a manager like Jose Mourinho managing Tottenham Hotspur was inconceivable. And yet here we are. We're at a point now where we're saying, actually, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. Let's find the next best thing. Mm. 99% of clubs could never be in a position where we're thinking, how do we upgrade on Jose Mourinho? Mm. So let's just wait and see. Let's take the defeats as they come and let's enjoy the victories when they do and know that someday in the near future we'll get everything we want. Up the Spurs. Yes. Come on, you Spurs. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.